Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. Hello, and thank you so much for spending your Friday night into Saturday morning with us. This is your Fightful AW Rampage and SmackDown post show for June 24th. I am joined by the baddie, Alex. Uh, <laughs> we've got Alex Cardoza in the house. That actually kind of kind of took my joke. I was going to say that Sean had moved on in the next round of baddie search, and that's why he's not in tonight. The next round requires an evening gown, I'm told. So uh, he had to go shopping real quick. So good on him. But Alex, how you doing today? I'm doing excellent. I can't wait to talk about what we have in store today. I know there is so much happening, especially in AEW world heading into Forbidden Door. We got so much to talk about, but um, get in those super chats, get in those humper chats. I, uh, I know there's a lot going on in the world today, and uh, I'm just going to ask you guys to to err on the side of being supportive instead of overly political, because um, A, be nice to our moderators, and B, um, you know, we want to make this a place where people can escape from things that are going on in the world. Some of the nicest messages in the world that I get um, are about how this can can be cathartic for you guys in an escape Um and we just want to keep it also a safe and happy place for people. We don't want to be triggering anybody with the things that we're saying. And um, on a personal note, I'll just say this, that uh, I I left social media like six weeks ago on Twitter. Uh, and there's some stuff I really don't miss. And there's stuff that I really do miss. And the thing that I miss the most probably is getting those messages from people who find wrestling and our post shows to be something that is cathartic and is an escape. And uh, I just want to say that that's a two-way street and that today was a day where I really needed pro wrestling and I really needed an escape. And it's because we have such a wonderful community at Fightful. It's because we have such incredible moderators. It's because women in the world have supportive men like Alex and like Sean and Jimmy and the rest of our amazing staff that I feel safe being able to come on here and and do this today. And I'm so appreciative of the community that we fostered, everybody who maintains that community, everybody that enforces rules in our community um, and having the the space to, to come here and do this. So with all that being said, please be nice to our mods today with your chats. Thank you guys for being so wonderful and supportive all the time. And let's talk about some wrestling we're going to start with AEW Rampage because, quite frankly, 
I want to. And because it's the more newsworthy show heading into Forbidden Door, before we dive in immediately, how are you feeling about um, what Forbidden Door is shaping up to be? Now we have the full card with some some pre-show matches that were announced tonight. How are you feeling about this collision of two rosters of two of the two of the best, most reputable companies in the world? It hasn't been done in a long time. Uh, mm-hmm. obviously since WCW days. And um, I am so like pumped and excited to watch these two companies take center stage and show what professional wrestling is all about. And I, honestly, I was so nervous about how this was all going to roll out because there was just so many missing pieces. Well, that, that we don't have to say anything else after that. And we'll go over <laughs> it, I'm sure. Sure, but you're right. There's been injury bugs, honestly, across wrestling in general. But with Punk being out, with Danielson being out, obviously, those are injuries that you don't want to be rushing back. But those are two marquee talents. We found out that Ishii is not going to be competing, which breaks my heart because that four-pack was something I was really looking forward to. But you kind of can't go wrong when you're combining these two rosters. And I think we've we've shaped up for something that's going to be great and memorable. And it sounds like... This is something that won't be a one-time thing if both companies continue uh, down the path that they're on. So um, thank you guys so much. We're going to get started on the review part. Get in those super chats. Get in those humper chats. Leave a thumbs up on this video. It helps people find us in the algorithms. And guys, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you guys to subscribe to Fightful Select. Also, check out Sean's interview with Kenny Omega. Holy cow, was that a blast to watch and listen to. Kenny's kind of in and out of character a little bit, but so much fun. Had a lot to say about Will Ospreay, had a lot to say about Forbidden Door, and even though he's been injured before this latest injury bug and can't compete, he speaks to so much about this event and what it means to him. Um, It was a, a really great interview and very exciting for Sean to get, so please check that out when you absolutely can. Um, and we are going to dive into some of your super chats and into Rampage. Um, we've got some super chats right off the the top that I want to acknowledge because they're just about Fightful and this wonderful, uh, group that we have here. (laughs) We got Nerd Guru chiming in saying, today sucks. Yeah, that's kind of how I felt. This is a chat to represent the shirt CM Punk wore. He has some very choice fashion when they have shows in Texas. I will say that you know which ones, he says. Human rights are everyone's rights. Well, thank you, Nerd Guru, for chiming in. We've got Nicole Swanson chiming in saying, hey, guys, I've been listening to you and enjoying the podcast from episode one. Well, thank you. That was before I was here, so you predate me. I appreciate listening and learning from you. I just bought tickets to Impact Emergence and Second City Slam. will be my first in-person wrestling shows. Will you be there, Phil? Um, I'm guessing that's supposed to be from Grapsity tomorrow. So maybe we can redirect it. But if it is for us, uh, I, I'm i so excited that we just have fans that are going to their first live wrestling shows. I know people that got into um, pro wrestling during the pandemic because they were excited about AEW. Like, and so much of their existence was in the pandemic. So they hadn't really been to live wrestling. I'm so excited that people are going to their first ever pro wrestling shows. It's so awesome. We've got Van Twin Blade chiming in saying, This is your daily reminder that Denise Salcedo, aka Hollywood Salcedo, aka Denise McMahon, aka Dork Niece Salsuco screwed Will Washington out of the Quizzle Mania title. 
Quizlemania Screwjob, hashtag justice for Will. Thank you, Van Twin Blade, for somehow documenting all of Denise's nicknames. I, uh, Quizlemania is not my strong suit. I don't participate, but I know there's a very heated rivalry. Will is also holding um, our own Fightful overbooked point to post uh winning slot i i believe as well so will is basically the belt collector he's awesome check out grab city tomorrow if you haven't seen that show will phil and reg do an incredible job i love it i love listening i love learning about um their takes on on black wrestling especially and i just find them to have such a great chemistry and an absolute blast so uh we've got more coming in saying one from based Maritimer saying, hello, Kate. And maybe that part-timer, Sean. Not Sean tonight. We got Alex. Have there been any scoops on the shape of the AW ring posts? Commentary alluding to, the, to there being something special about them, but they're pretty vague, especially Jericho. Well, that popped me tremendously on a day I needed a laugh. Yeah, they're actually squared off. Um Keep an eye on Fightful Select. I can't promise anything is coming, but the squared ones, I've heard rumors, uh, inflict more damage. So <laughs> we appreciate you. Hey, what's that over there saying? Even though I like the matches on the pay-per-view, I'd rather have the Young Bucks and the Good Brothers versus Sting, Darby, Shingo, and Hiromu. Oh, that's a that's a good call. I didn't think about that booking. That way they could have added Hikuleo, Chris Bay, and ELP versus Ricky Hobbs. Oh, Ricky Hobbs and Hook. Man, it's tricky because there are so many ways you could fantasy book so much of what's happening. You could have Bullet Club straight up with the Super Elite. Like, there's so many options. Um, I'm very excited about what we have. It's tricky when you fantasy book between two promotions because I think you'll always have alternatives on what you think could be better in your head. Um, but it's kind of finding that balance. But I liked what you built out. I also like what they built out. I'm very excited for the pay-per-view. So we kick off Rampage with an absolute banger of a match. We had Andrade with Ray Phoenix, interference by Roosh at the end. Um, Joey Bag of Donuts saying, he's so happy Roosh is in AEW. My ROH Mark Hart is also so excited. <laughs> Even with the crowded roster, Roosh can still stand out. I love this. And we're going to talk about the match. Um, but I really really like what's happening here because i feel like andrade and we've talked about it kind of ad nauseum so i don't want to harp on it too much but andrade has felt kind of lost and then like the andrade family office was still feeling kind of lost once they tried to put some consistent creative behind him and he just kind of gave this promo on the pay-per-view that said uh my whole team here is a bunch of losers i need to call in the big guns and of course andrade and roosh have uh, uh, history as a tag team in La Mascara and, and CMLL. I have a Spanish speaker with me. I don't know why I attempted to say that, but um, they have a long-standing history as a tag team. Let's talk about this match. I feel like the amount of times that Phoenix's name comes up and what could be a match of the year candidate is ridiculous. There's so many times he's the guy that is one side of a match of the year candidate I'm going to call out some of my favorite spots here, but I stopped taking notes because I would have just been writing down the whole damn match. Let's just talk about Phoenix's hang time on some of these moves. He's a freak of genius. Like, I don't know how he does it. Um, gravity doesn't seem to, like, affect him in the same way. Um, but I also love really little stuff that we got in this match from 
Andrade blocking a waist lock with his leg, like all those little things that are so creative and make so much sense that we don't see enough of Andrade is so good at. I'm so glad to see him um, on, you know, a consistent run here because I really feel like he's a special talent. Phoenix had a suplex in here. Andre had a really cool spot in the on the ropes where he double stomps Phoenix, who was hanging there. That Spanish superfly, as they called it on commentary, was so fantastic. Um, and I think it got a fight forever chant, which is unrealistic, admittedly, but I could watch these guys fight for a real, real long time. Tell me your thoughts on this match, and then we'll dig into the post-match a little bit. How is every opening match of Rampage the best opening <laughs> match of Rampage, right? I mean, need I say more? I, I feel like every time I'm on here when I get the honor of being able to sit next to the great Kate here, uh, I'm able to kind of like um, focus exactly on what that opening match is, and I'm left speechless. Every time we started to talk about a Rampage opening match, it's exactly that. And Andrade did feel very lost for a while. I think, I think he's honestly... I think he's still lost, but they're kind of trying to find a way to put, put him in a mix somewhere. Does he need a title on him? I don't think so, but it would be nice to kind of see that. Um, I I think this match, Ray, I mean, the man lost his elbow and he's still doing crazy stuff. You know? <laughs> um, I agree with you. It doesn't feel like Andrade is necessarily on the most consistent track. I feel like both of these guys not being able to compete in Forbidden Door because of the relationships with CMLL and AAA. Um, I love that they gave them this right beforehand because these two can just really, really go. Uh, Ryan chiming in saying that they should have just given Andrade and Phoenix the entire hour. I would love a Broadway with these two. I would be happy with that. I'm waiting for Rampage to do that, to have a, you know, an Iron Man match of some sort or, uh, you know, to, to use the whole hour for one thing that's really special. I think we'll get that at some point. I thought they were going to do that with Danielson and Hangman at one point, but they ran it back in a different way, which I thought was fantastic. Um, but yeah, I mean, Andrade and Phoenix, I was just entertained from bell to bell. We've got, hey, that what's that over there? Saying Death Triangle versus Andrade, Roosh, and Dragon Lee for the trios titles. We don't have trios titles yet, but assuming they're coming, that would make me really happy. I also just like that that pairing. I think that could be really fun. It seemed like they were hinting at that after the the match. Um, and we got these post-match shenanigans. We got um, the tablet spot, which I was kind of annoyed that they ran back. I thought that was cheesy and lame the first time, but Ref Opry, always doing her job well, uh, went ahead and nixed it which i was glad it didn't play into the ending we do get as commentary called them the nerds fighting <laughs> we got Rahat jason in the ring there for a second um and then roosh comes down and low blows phoenix which ultimately led to the end here what did you think of the post-match antics normally i don't like interference screwing up an ending but i feel like this is okay they do it so sparingly and it advances the story what are your thoughts on the post-match here alex yeah they don't they don't really do this often and when they do they do it in a tasteful way where they have everyone come in and you know sometimes it looks a little bit cheesy i mean the end of dynamite which you guys already spoke about a while back during the week was kind of cheesy right but it was a it was a throwback to something else and i can't 
think of it off the top of my head. Um, it was like an homage that they wanted to plan out in the ring like that. Them two just staring at each other. But yeah, I think the 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 post match antics were 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 well done. It's advancing everything. You're you gotta set things up, and that's one thing AEW. Uh, I don't want to say writers, but whoever's producing the matches um attempt sometimes it comes off super cheesy sometimes it just comes off well but yeah i I think it's fine i think i think it worked out i think so too we've got uh my buddy jw pringle popping in saying just a reminder to be nice to each other some of us had a hard day because of things (laughs) remember to take care of yourself if you feel you need help please reach out you are loved and worthy we are we need you here with us I know that is true, even though I can't read. We appreciate you. See, that's a great example of a supportive Super Chat. We appreciate J.W. Pringle and all of his support all the time. He's super cool. He super chats with my dad in a back and forth on Tuesdays. We love J.W. Pringle. Um, But yeah, I I thought this match was fantastic. Uh, J.W. Pringle also saying, hey, Alex doesn't look like Alex again. Spooky. Alex Pulowski is so good that I was like, anytime someone else is on a stream with me, that's not Sean. They also have to be named Alex. That's just the way that it has to go. So we got Tom LaValle also saying, Jose, 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 that bod though about this match. Yes, we got uh, sexy Jose and Los Governorables. So much fun. Um, I loved this opener. I feel like a lot of times, like you were saying, like how is every opening match the best opening match to Rampage? I feel like because this goes on so long, this is kind of their main event in a way. Um, And maybe not tonight. We could make an argument not tonight, but most times those openers to Rampage, they're trying to keep a a crowd that usually just saw Dynamite fresh too. So those opening matches are always bangers. Moving on, we got a promo from The King. We got Matt Rykiel, who's always so wonderful and supportive to us as well, saying, what to do, Kate and Alex? Eddie Kingston loves pens. I love all the females, and I'm sticking up for everyone. Well, thank you, Matt Rykiel. Matt's a gem. He's always chiming in with his support. Eddie Kingston, partner, there's nothing that this guy can't do. Uh, he gives a great promo, kind of just selling us on the overall pay-per-view, and then also saying that he wanted to taste Chris Jericho's blood at the Blood and Guts match, which, let's not forget, is the dynamite after the pay-per-view, because he wants to know what the blood of a coward tastes like. You guys know that I'm obsessed with Eddie Kingston. He's my guy. I love him so much, Patna. Um, He's my man. He's the best. He sold me on this pay-per-view a long time ago. Um, And I just, I love every promo this guy does because it's so real. Did you have any thoughts on this, Alex? Eddie Kingston, man. Uh, And I mentioned this before, uh, not too long ago when I was here, we had the chance to be able to speak to him uh, on, on with Freddie. And, you know, we had a really cool talk, uh, you know, behind the scenes and, he is all that and a bag of chips. The man <laughs> is amazing. I carry pens now because of him, by the way. So, yeah. There you go. There you go. I've, I'm a huge Eddie Mark. Anybody who's watched me consistently already knows that. But everything he does just feels real. If the point of a promo is to promote a match you're in, my word, he does that. We got ShotKid29 coming in. See, everybody agrees that Eddie rules. Uh, Rampage takeaways. Pumped for Forbidden Door. The July ROH show has to be happening i think so too we're gonna talk about that in a bit and keep that damn pen away from eddie before he kills someone please 
We'll talk about that a little bit later, but he did take a pen off of commentary and repeatedly tried to stab Chris Jericho with it. Come on. And Orion Ben 666 saying to get Kate a pack of Eddie engraved pens. That's fun. You guys rule. Appreciate you. So we'll move along to Swerve in Our Glory. Um, we have had some some infighting kind of not so much like a can they coexist type thing but it seems here to me like Keith Lee just really wants to win and he feels like Swerve isn't the guy to help him and Swerve has spent a lot of time convincing him otherwise which I really liked him not being able to say the word indubitably popped me to no end uh what did you think of this I think that there's a uh what do you got? What do you call it in the professional wrestling business? Uh, a turn, a coming soon. <laughs> I feel. I feel like, you know, you you can tell because of the little jabs that they're giving. You know, not jabs in a bad way, but there's just there's a rift. There's something there. There's a crack in the armor, and it's going to be coming sooner than later. I think. I don't know who will turn on who, but I think Keith Lee is better off on his own anyway. So this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap, play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. But the question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp.com slash Fightful. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. We'll see what's going to happen here. I think they kind of both are. I really enjoyed this tag run, that being said. Like, what they've done in the ring has impressed the heck out of me, and I think it's a really smart thing to do while neither of them are necessarily in title pictures. Like, they are two top stars. Make them feel important with this. Um, I think, like, you could kind of go either way with who's going to turn on who, which is really, really fun, but... It's hard to me because both of these guys I find very, very likable, but absolutely have loved this. There is part of me, and I want your thoughts on this too, that thought maybe because of what happened with the Hardy situation and them having to exit, 
maybe they wanted to keep them together a little longer. I thought this was going to be kind of immediate, but maybe it's a little bit of a slower burn now because they want to keep these guys in the mix. Maybe they want to have that match with Hobbs and Starks on its own while the Hardys are not on programming, um, or at least Jeff won't be. We'll see what happens with Matt in the time being. But do you think that this has always been the plan, or do you think maybe things turned a little bit wonky because of the situation with the Hardys? I just, even when the Hardys were there, you can tell there was something going on, especially, you know, after that battle royal, mm-hmm. you know, when he was pretty upset about it. So um, I think they're going to have to slow it down just a bit now. But keep an eye out on on uh, on Starks and Hobbs as well. Don't, don't, don't count that out as there being a crack in that armor soon as well. Like, I don't see, I, I see one of those two splitting apart as well. Like, you have to because... Hobbs, I need. I love Hobbs. First of all, I'm a huge Hobbs mark, just like I am a Eddie Kingston one. So I need him to kind of just like start running through people. I agree with you. I've heard a lot of people say that now that Stokely's an AEW, like if he is going to expand beyond the baddies, that Hobbs would be a really great candidate for him if they're going to break up Team Taz. To me, you've got to have Ricky drop the FTW belt to hook. It just makes too much sense. Um, and if you're going to splinter that entirely, I think it's a really cool idea to have, you know, Hobbs just be this muscle and having a la- uh, mouthpiece for him, I think would just be a, gr- a great call. So, and, and if you don't mind me saying real quick, I feel I, I, exactly that I feel and this is just me. Uh, what's it called? Armchair quarterbacking. I feel that Starks is going to be the one to turn his back on Team Taz. Right. And it's going to be like him saying, you know, I made this belt. Nobody else has. This is mine, but it's a piece of crap. And I think Hook's going to say, oh, yeah, I'm going to defend my dad in the honor of FTW. And that'll be his first, quote, unquote, major title. Write it. Put it somewhere, guys, underneath your pillow. If it comes true, please. We manifested it. Yeah, we manifested it. (laughs) I like that idea a lot. And I think that's something we haven't seen Hook really like run back a series of matches like that could be a best out of three that I don't think I would get sick of talk seeing because we'll talk about it later. But Hook is just incredible considering how young he is in this business. We've got, hey, what's that over there saying Swerve Sky and Ethan is a very appealing trio to me and our own moderator Louis saying keep Swerve the F away from Lambert. <laughs> that I definitely agree with. Um, I... I don't know if Swerve being paired up with a bunch of people right after everything that happened to him in WWE with Hit Row is necessarily the direction that I would go with him, especially because I feel like he does have such crossover appeal and he's just so damn cool, to be honest. Like, he's such a cool guy and such a fantastic in-ring performer that I feel like, especially adding another title, maybe throwing him in that picture is the move I would make. I don't think there's anything wrong with that idea by any means. How do you see Swerve? Do you like him being paired with other people because he is so cool and such a strong talker? Or do you think that he has solo star written all over him? Yeah, I feel like he definitely needs, I mean, he, uh, you know, we've been watching him for a while now and he's just always been in the mix. You know what I'm saying? I'd like to see him kind of just move on, especially now with Ring of Honor, which eventually is going to get its own show, whether it's going to be on the new Warner Brothers media um, bubble thing that they're doing with the new streaming service. Uh, you didn't hear that from me. Um, yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> that, <laughs> I, I feel like that is coming soon. And that roster there is going to have to get filled, um, whether they bring back people from Ring of Honor or not. They do have a ginormous cast of people right now. So I think. He needs to be on his own. He needs to showcase what he can do. Give him a nice title, you know, run. 
and let him run his mouth. I agree. He's just oozes charisma. The crowd is so into him when he comes out. The Swerve's house stuff is always got the crowd hot. Um, and we will move right along into our women's match tonight, uh, which was Serena Deeb and Mercedes Martinez defeating Sierra, who got a very nice pop, and Lainey Luck, who was also awesome. Lovely to see that. Um, this has been a fun way of the can you coexist storyline trope because they were mostly cooperating with each other, which I really liked. I don't think either of these two women, an ROH title holder and Serena freaking Deeb, should lose sight of the fact that they're out there to win the match. And I feel like for the most part, they didn't. If anything, the coexisting issues were wanting to be in the match. They were anxious to get in the ring. And I really liked that storytelling that was going on in this. I I actually really like the can they coexist trope when it's done properly. This I felt like was done properly. Not my favorite because we get it so often in WWE. We'll talk about that later too. But I feel like as far as it being done, this was a really great way to do it. Always happy to see Mercedes Martinez on my television. Great to see the ROH women's title on television. And nice to let Sierra and Lainey Luck get some some offense in. It was really nice to hear that reception for Sierra. What did you think of this match? Yeah, I feel like uh like you mentioned before, obviously we've seen this a couple times, maybe I think. But uh but you you let you kind of let them play it out and and you can tell the dynamic between all of them. And it also helps when you have a group of women like that working with each other. It helps them get better in the ring, you know, and and get into a different mindset because sometimes like the one-on-ones they 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 tend to sometimes maybe try to do a little too much. Sure. And you can see you can see the cracks in 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 the match, but with all the all of them they they did pretty well, man. They it was a great match, I think. I think that again the women now in 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 AEW slash ROH, this is going to be a big deal. And I think something's coming along the pipeline for them, you know, as far as like where they're going to go with it. You know, ROH women was a thing, right? Wasn't it? They were trying oh, to yeah. do the show uh, with Maria Canales. So, you know. Maria booked that whole women's tournament right before they shut down. You've heard me talk about this ad nauseum too. Yeah. So sorry, guys. But like she just did such a phenomenal job booking a tournament because it's never felt like ROH really cared about women's wrestling kind of up until that point in like a, in a real way where everything was being taken incredibly seriously. Like it really ebbed and flowed in, in ROH and that tournament, the way it was booked out, the diversity that was in it from backgrounds, from, from styles, from um, veteran status versus newbies that got Roxy so over. And then she obviously signed with WWE she did such a fantastic job with that. And I'm hoping that there's a tag division in ROH because we have such an abundance of talent now, to your point, with the recent signings of Tony Storm and Athena coming in and Mercedes Martinez wasn't that long ago. And we have these kind of mini groups popping up with the baddies and, um, you know, Britt and Jamie Hayter and Reba Rebel have been popping around for a long time now. So I agree with you. There's a lot of talent there. This match was really fun. I also noticed that they actually had matching gear, which was kind of fun, considering they were like a thrown-together tag team. I feel like both of them should take that match this seriously. So that also popped me, too. We're going to move along to a couple of vignettes that we got. We've got, finally, Tully Enterprises, Matangaloa Khan, and Brian Cage. Um, there were a great 
number of people that were surprised Brian Cage got resigned because he wasn't used necessarily in a way that spotlighted his strengths, I don't think. Um, and I think he was one of the people that was surprised he got signed. So it was nice to see him being taken off the shelf here and packaged in with Tully. Um, I'll be honest, Brian Cage isn't necessarily like my favorite wrestler in the world. Not every wrestler is for me. Um, but there is an undeniable thing with him, which is that he's built the way that he is, but he can kind of move around like a cruiserweight. I think we didn't get to see the best of Brian Cage. I'm hoping with Tully, with this group, that we get to see it. And then we get <laughs> we get Jonathan Gresham and Lee Moriarty, or as our wonderful moderator Luis called him, Octopus Man in Taiga style, challenged by Tully Enterprises, which is something I'm very interested in seeing. Jonathan Gresham obviously being one of, if not the best technical wrestlers in the world. Um, what did you think of these? Let's just be honest here. Uh, AEW, when we first start, when we listen to me, when they first started out, right? <laughs> they didn't have, they, they didn't, there wasn't a lot of big dudes. There wasn't big guys, okay? They, they started bringing in big guys later on. So Brian Cage was in a league of his own, okay? And there was just, you know, how many uh, David and Goliath masters are you going to be putting him in when there wasn't enough man meat in AEW to put up against him? And now that they do, I mean, you could just let the man loose and let him just let let him show off, you know, because I feel like now that they have a good roster and they have a good amount of, you know, a lot of talent that could match him pound for pound in the ring. Before we need to fuego the soul, you're just going to continue feeding him these, these, this <laughs> you know, like, come on. I agree. And I think, I think the face turn also really hurt Brian Cage. Like, I think that was probably their biggest error because Team Taz had a nice thing going. Uh, so I'm excited to see. I'm glad that they're giving him a, another shot. I'm glad he's getting repackaged. Hopefully, like you said, there's the roster has changed tremendously since. So I'm excited. Hopefully we get some fresh blood in there. A couple of super chats that we want to clean up for you. Hey, what's that over there? Said, I need the promo for Eddie versus Pack and Claudio. Oh my God. Yes, please. Eddie Kingston just holding like 20 year grudges against Claudio is like my favorite thing in the world. Um, Jake Salazar chiming in back with our trios talk saying a trio of Keith Lee, Miro and Wardlow sounds great to go against Swerve, Ethan and Sky. Uh, in the words of Big E, big meaty men slapping meat. That's all that is. Keith Lee, Miro and Wardlow. Holy cow. Wardlow might be a little hesitant, uh, you know, to pair up with people again for a while, but wouldn't hate it. Wardlow powerbombing 20 security guards was real fun. And also chiming in, uh, is Eddie Rebe. Uh, back in women's wrestling territory saying, whenever I see Serena Deem being an awesome wrestler, I'm always reminded while in WWE, she was training underwear models instead of being the NXT women's champion. Now, hold on, because, um, you know, that NXT grouping also gave us some really great wrestlers, right? I, I'm not 100% sure of the years that Serena Deem was there, but I think she predated a lot of kind of this divas era throwback stuff that we're seeing now i think she was involved with the baileys and the sashas and the charlottes and the beckys and the oscars and the eo shirai's and the rhea ripley's and the bianca belair's like there was an embarrassment of riches there how they're being used now is certainly up for debate Shotzi blackheart like there's so many talented women in in wwe um but it is for me she's one of the best women's wrestlers in the world I was a straight edge society mark, obviously. So I'm very excited to see her 
being utilized this way and also having her experience as a trainer around with what was a fairly green division to start with, I think is, is just invaluable because she, she has all of that experience that she can bring with her in so many facets of this business, as they say. So moving right along, we've got Hook defeating the DKC from the New Japan world. Um, I popped real hard for those crossface strikes, man. This match was not long, but Hook just continues to beat ass. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> so I'll let you take it. What did you think of this match? Yeah, yeah they got to continue letting him build up. You know, he has to, you, you got to believe, you got to give him some type of, uh, you know, you know, to believe that he can take on anyone, right? Uh, yeah, jujitsu could only take you so far until you meet someone that can just knock you out, right? So in the world of wrestling, we gotta you gotta continue building him up and putting him in the ring and just let him you know maul through people for now. You know, um, I love Action Bronson, so okay. when whenever his song pops on, man, I'm up slapping babies or whatever you want to call it. You know, like. <laughs> It's just, it's just so good. I'm up slapping babies. Somebody clip that, please. Um, yeah, he is. He's just being built really well. He was doing the fun stuff with Danhausen, and he was fighting, you know, Bear Bronson. Like he's, they're throwing him in, in all of these different contexts to test where he's at. I feel like with so many different things, and he just seems to pass them all with flying colors. So we love that. Um, and then we get back-to-back -back announcements of Billy Gunn announcing the match with the Ass Boys and the Acclaimed um, versus the LA Dojo, which will be really, really fun, and DKC. So we had some nice synergy coming there. And then we also get Goto and Yoshihashi versus the Factory at Forbidden Door. So I think our card is set then outside of, um, you know, obviously Danielson's third pick. I don't know if you've heard Jericho on commentary 900 times mentioned that he would like to know who Danielson's pick is. Um, you know, my thoughts are Gresham, uh, especially seeing him tonight, but I could also see it being someone like Gargano or Claudio. It could be a big surprise. What do you think? Because I could also see it being like Wayne Moriarty and then that person joins Blackpool Combat Club because they did mention that on commentary too. Whoever the surprise is is also joining the Blackpool Combat Club. What are your thoughts? Well, he did mention in the promo on Wednesday, w didn't he mention that this person joining AEW it was a big deal? Like, didn't he preface it that way that he, he did mention something along those lines that this person is not even in the company, that they're coming in? So he said the work that they do in AEW will blow you away, essentially. So that's why mm -hmm. I was like, okay, well, the work in Ring of Honor blew me away that Gresham did. Is that what it's going to be? He also said it's somebody that he can trust with both Forbidden Door against Zack Sabre Jr. and uh, Blood and Guts, which that made me think Claudio. Yeah, um, that's what I. That's where I'm going. I honestly like. <clears throat> so AEW has this thing now where every pay per view we expect someone to come in, whether it's someone who's just like comes back into the company or whatever the case may be, or using an ROH talent or someone from New Japan. But we haven't seen. You know, we ha we haven't seen Claudio. He hasn't spoken. Like we just, he's just not around. And I think if it is him, wow! Like <laughs> that's all I gotta say. You you want to hear? You want to hear the United Center? Like come, like the roof be blown off. That's it right there. 
my other Alex, my OG Alex, my original Alex, who will be live on Fightful Select after this doing sour graps. I'll probably hop on there because I've been sour today. Uh, <laughs> that it can only be Claudio. Anything else would be a huge letdown. Um, I'm a little torn because my favorite matchup of Forbidden Door for Zack Sabre Jr. of anybody that's out there would probably be Johnny Gargano, honestly. Like Gargano versus Sabre Jr., yes, please. Who do I want it to be for blood and guts? And in the long run, I want it to be Claudio. So um, we'll see. We'll see who it is. We've well, we already seen what directions. happened with, uh, with um, what's-his-face? Oh, Jesus. Uh, now I forgot his name. Uh, Cage? Not Cage. Uh, it'll come to me. They dropped the, <laughs> they dropped the ball on someone's... Uh, um, come back coming into uh, AEW from WWE, and yeah, so drop the ball on someone. Christian Cage. Yeah. Did you feel like they dropped? Yes, the ball? Christian. Christian. Yeah, okay. yeah. Remember, remember when they That's were like talking the it up? There's like yes. 800 cages. There's 800 cages. Yeah. yeah so a lot of cages. Just, pages I mix too around. many cages in my head. <laughs> um, even the one that I sleep in. But yeah, so like they. <laughs> So when 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 they they really fumbled that one, as everyone was like, "Oh my god, who could it be?" And I was like, "Oh, it's just him." <laughs> so I hope that this Claudio thing is is for real, because I don't think he wants that type of sour taste in his mouth to bring a dud in. I'm sorry, I don't I don't think Tony Khan likes that. He's a huge like. But I will you know. say, there's a couple of things. One, Punk is off the market, so the is it CM Punk chatter, I think, is where it got snake bitten with Christian. Like I think when Punk was out there. And the way it got hyped, people were like, it's Punk or it's Brock Lesnar. And it was like, well, hold on. Um, <laughs> let's calm down. Uh, but I I agree with you. With Punk being off the market, maybe it's just because I'm the biggest Punk mark in the world. But like, I think that takes the like holy crap factor the most out of it because that was the biggest return that we're going to see, I think, for a really long time. Um, unless it was like John Cena coming back, which we know it's not happening, right? So um, I hope it's Claudio. But I just wanted to get your thoughts. Maybe um, Christian. Maybe. Maybe. We've got uh, some more chats. This one's just about Mira. Wild idea. Mira joins House of Black. The God Hater joining the Satanists. Sounds like a good idea, says our moderator, Louise. Um, I, uh, that, could be, that could be fun. I want Miro to be a solo title holder again. I miss him having the TNT title. So that's my personal preference. What do you think? Yeah, I, I need Miro needs to get back in into the, the I don't understand. Like, I like that they give people time off at AEW and, and able to like, you know, clear the thoughts, whatever, you know, some, what is a distance makes the heart grow fonder. I like that, <laughs> but man, let's just bring them in there. Let them start. I love Miro whooping people. I love his promos and maybe surprise one time with his hot wife, you know, like how he likes to put her, <laughs> like his hot wife comes in, you know, to bring him in during one match, a little feeler, give her the $500 or whatever she, her attendance fee, and then see how that, how that all comes together. But I feel like Miro needs to be, he needs to be on, t I like Miro, and Miro's the type that I feel does need a title. I just think he was so, um, there's like the title makes the guy or the guy makes the belt right i felt like with that it was both and i've said that a couple of times too so sorry for our repeat listeners but i just feel like that's important because there's nothing more successful in a title run than that like 
it made him so cemented about who he was in AEW. And it also made that belt feel so important at the same time. Um, so I would like to see him be able to do that again with another belt. And I also just want to see him versus Keith Lee. And I'm just throwing that out there in general because it's that's a, a dream of, match. Yeah. <laughs> so we move on because it's time for the main event with Jeff Cobb defeating Cash Wheeler, Caprice Coleman on commentary. and. After the match, I feel like Dynamite, I was like, whoa, this is a big melee. And then tonight they were like, oh, we're just going to spill the entire backstage and have them fight with each other for this go-home shot. Jeff Cobb and Cash Wheeler put on an absolute clinic. I loved this match so much. I think Dax Harwood is a lot of people's like wrestler of the year or close to it right now, and I certainly can't argue with that. He's been so great in singles matches, trios matches, tag team matches, whatever. Like he has been on an all-time run. And I feel like Cash Wheeler is also really great. And he sometimes gets a little bit left behind in that conversation. His match with Jeff Cobb tonight, I thought was just wonderful. Um, him power bombing Cobb? Holy crap. Um, he's just so smart. Like I think this is why him and Dax work so well together is they function in the same world. And they're different enough that they both serve different purposes, but they speak the same language all the time. And we were seeing a lot of the things that I love about Dax, I feel like, unfold tonight. Little things like Andrade was doing in the opener of just logically, um, you know, with a knee chop or whatever. Just really, really smart wrestling. And I forget what Cobb's finisher is called. Is it just called Around the World or Across the Continents or something? I forget, but it's awesome. Um, and I was also glad because Jeff Cobb won here, which makes me think that we are going to get a belt collector run on a tag team side from Cash Wheeler and FTR. I think they're going to collect all the belts that they can get their hands on. Um, what did you think of this match? And then we'll talk about the post-match after. Yeah, I feel I, I feel the same way. Sometimes, you know, uh, Cash gets a little bit lost in the shuffle there, right? But um, I think that them as a tag team, even even when they fight one-on-one on, -one on the, their own, they're back to that top status, top guys, no intended but yeah they're back to top guy <laughs> status um they were they were the ish um before the whole you know drop the ball scene in the main roster in wwe so uh i i i love that they're here doing what they love and on their terms right from the music to who they are to the throwback feel everything about them tells you that this is a must watch match and yeah i mean like you mentioned this the, this whole this whole sequence between both of them was insane i i loved it i mean i just maybe that that could be the one hour match maybe we oh, can get something man. like that that would be really fun Luis reminded me and the chat reminded me that his finisher was called the tour of the islands because i'm an idiot and the forgot where jeff islands. forgot where jeff cobb is from because i'm an idiot um Hey, what's that over there saying? I wonder if FTR have asked Tony about going for the M NWA tag titles. I feel like if there's anywhere that FTR feels at home, it's NWA. It feels to me all the time like they walked out of mid or mid eighties NWA. Like that's the feel I get from them. So I would love that. Give them all the titles. They deserve it. This is a legendary run. They actually are living legends. It's not just a gimmick, which is really cool. Um, so I'm with you. I hope so. I hope so. I hope they have all the belts. They had Twidblade chiming in saying, Trent stole that belt from my dad, who is Dan. From Dan the dad? 
<laughs> All right. And hey, what's that over there saying? If FTR are going to win the IWGP tag titles, the Young Bucks should beat the Good Brothers for the Impact tag titles. Ooh. And we can get FTR versus the Young Bucks. Three winner takes all the gold. Whoa. Can, can I just put this in, in your head? If you were to play this back and listen to what you just said later on, okay? We are talking about three different companies. Four different companies. Four, yeah. Okay? You're talking about four different companies, four different set of belts. How insane is the fact that you can mix and match and do all of this? It right? wasn't a possibility 18 months ago, even. I was listening to John Moxley on Renee's podcast, uh, the sessions, because I wanted to hear um, what he had to say, which it was largely focused around his sobriety update, which was really cool to hear. But he had said that he was kind of like the lone go-between guy when the relationship with New Japan at AEW wasn't so great. And then some changes happened in the hierarchy of of New Japan, which made the relationship a little bit more possible. But um, you know, he was like, I signed the six-month contract with New Japan before I signed with AEW. I'm fulfilling all of my commitments. It's what I wanted to do. Um, but it would have to be like, okay, let me go talk to this person. And then let me go talk to that person because they were basically radio silent toward each other. And now everybody's talking sugar on each other. It's so much fun. <laughs> I know. And, 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 it, and it'll never feel like it's a rematch. No, it really, really won't. And you know what? I must say that whether you're in Japan, the U.S., you can be wherever you want to be when you have NordVPN. I'm on the road right now, but I'm not missing any of my favorite shows that are region blocked or out of my area, so to speak, because I've got NordVPN.com slash Fightful. Now, you can also use that code Fightful. Avoid price discrimination on flights. Avoid missing your shows because they're region blocked. And get 70% off your NordVPN plan plus one additional month for free. It's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, so you have nothing to lose. NordVPN.com slash Fightful has made things so much easier for me as I get back into traveling and start to remember that certain things aren't available to watch when I travel or even when I'm home because they're region-blocked. I'm able to find pay-per-views that are much cheaper thanks to NordVPN.com slash Fightful. It's an investment in yourself and how can you pass up that deal 70 percent off plus one additional month free nordvpn.com slash fightful or use that code fightful subscribe to nordvpn before pay-per-views for no particular reason just saying some people in the uk didn't have as big of a problem with the bleacher report app that's all i'm saying they just put out a they put out a press release of how to get forbidden door mm -hmm. so they fixed it so there you go so pay-per-view coming up nordvpn and hey guys with all the money that you're saving at nordvpn because they made a huge investment in us and you're going to make an investment and then you can save with that money that extra money you know what you can do you can put it toward fightful select because sean said i'm gonna need five dollars from each one of you right now
There you go. If you guys missed Sean, I just realized that was in the clip library and I could play it. But please subscribe to Fight Plus Black. Constantly breaking news. There'll be more news coming out of Forbidden Door. So much going on in the world of wrestling. If you haven't noticed what the past three weeks have looked like, but constant updates going on over there, including tonight's SmackDown plans, which we will get to in a little bit. But that takes us through Rampage. You guys still want to keep talking about it, so we're going to. We got Jake Salazar chiming in saying it's going to be MJF with three laughing emojis about who Danielson picked. I don't think Danielson trusts MJF right now. I don't think anybody does. Uh, but we got, hey, what's that over there saying Miro could be Joe's next opponent. Oh, buddy. I would not be upset about that. Jake Salazar chiming in saying the FTR, the belt collectors, that's what I am hoping for. Holy cow. Um also chiming in saying that Jericho was utterly hilarious during the brawl. I feel like him with his sports entertainer gimmick, who named Jeff Cobb the sports entertainer of the week. We shouldn't leave that out. Um, I feel like him versus Eddie Kingston is just the most pro wrestling-y pro wrestler <laughs> versus the most sports entertainer-y sports entertainer. Like they could not have dialed in on the two perfect guys to represent each side of that. We're going to keep motoring through these before we get to SmackDown. Uh, hey, what's that over there saying we could get the dream match of FTR versus Motor City Machine Guns or Briscoe's part two. Briscoe's, man, that's a tough one. That's a tough one because of the conflicts with TV executives, unfortunately. But Motor City Machine Guns are certainly a possibility. They have a longstanding history with New Japan. There's so many things that could happen. You just never know what happens when you crack open the forbidden door, you guys. <laughs> and Mark Wills saying that Eddie Kingston being the tar out of Jericho, who sold it hilariously, he really, really did, was basically the lift up I needed on this Friday evening. Nothing like my favorite partner, aside from Kate and company. Well, thank you. Laying a violently hilarious beating to entertain me. Jericho, I felt like was extra abysmal on commentary. And then the way the show closed, I was like, I don't even care anymore. Because that's just the funniest thing in the world. Um, but James Barrist chiming in saying, disappointing and sad news in the U.S. largely today. Looked forward to AEW to take my mind off of it. Wasn't horrible, but not amazing either. Uh, hopefully, Lador will be better. Yeah, go-homes are a little tricky with that stuff. Go-homes are a little bit tricky, but I thought the opener was fantastic. I thought the main event was really good. So, um, And even, like, I, th I thought the women's tag was good. I meant to mention earlier, like, they kind of ended that the same way Blackpool Combat Club does with the, like, anything you can do, I can do better spot between the two of them, which I thought was fun. I will always pop for a surfboard stretch. Surfboard stretches and cravats I pop for in a big way. Um, hope you're feeling all right, James. We appreciate you here. Well, after all those super chats, we switch into SmackDown, which has two. <laughs> so um, we're actually going to not start off the night with what kicked off the night. We're going to tie that opening promo into the main event, and we're going to talk about Sami Zayn and Shinsuke Nakamura, um, which was our first match of the evening. What did you think of this match? Him. <clears throat> Where should I begin? <laughs> uh, listen, um, Sammy's entertaining. Nakamura could kick your teeth out, literally, like any second, and you wouldn't even know it. You'd go home and say, "Oh, I'm missing teeth." Um, it was, it was, it was good. You know, like um, I just feel like sometimes they go through the motions. 
Yeah. You know, and um, I felt that a little bit here. Like it was just a match. They just put them together and said, here, go through the go through the match and and make it fun. You know, because that's what we do here. We're entertainment. But yeah, I'm sorry. Like, guys, like I, I love WWE and I say this every single time I'm on here. But some of these matches just don't have the excitement. Like they're not pulling anything like Sammy's just being Sammy entertaining and whatever. And that's it. And what more can you get out of it? So the good news is this was at least a qualifying match. So it had a reason to right. happen, which is more than I can say for a lot of it. And Sammy did go over, which adds some intrigue with this like honorary Uso bloodline thing. Um, so I do like That's... that about it. And these two are great in the ring. So that was never in question, but we are entering rematch city a little bit here. They had clearly had piped in crowd noise on the Sammy sucks chance. And I would just like to say whoever even agreed to be a voiceover artist to say that shame on you because Sammy Zayn is a national treasure. I don't care if it came from the video game. I don't care if they got called in separately to pipe in that noise. You should refuse the work because Sammy Zayn is a national treasure but he had an awesome michinoku driver oh my gosh looks great um shinsuke's sliding german suplex and his king chasa's just out of this world he really will kick in your teeth like you said like that guy is awesome but eventually sammy wins with the haluva kick he's going on to money in the bank we see some of those shenanigans unfold later but the next segment i had incredibly conflicting feelings on because there was some good that came out of it and some bad the new day come out they're about to face Shanky and Jinder. And you know what the New Day say? We're not doing your rematch shit anymore. That's what they said. That got the biggest pop of the night for me across any of the wrestling I saw tonight. Andrade and Phoenix, fantastic. The New Day saying we're not doing more rematches. It warmed my heart. It warmed my soul. It, oh, it just it soothed my bones to hear them say we're not doing rematches because they got rematched to death with the Usos, and then they got rematched to death with the Brawling Brutes or Fight Night or whoever the hell they are. So I was proud of them for sticking up for themselves. But instead, we get a dance-off with Shanky. Uh, uh, the skyscraping Shanky, I don't know if you heard that name enough times. Uh, but he likes to dance, and Jinder Mahal doesn't like it. Did you catch on to that? Did you pick up on the subtlety there, Alex? It was the first time, actually, in smackdown's long-running history that i've you know noticed that gender was not happy with him <laughs> so i was surprised it was intriguing and it was one of the moments that i really felt that i felt like something was about to come out of the tv and touch me yeah it was pretty meta so i just wanted to make sure that you were able to catch on to what was happening there but um but then a good thing happened a repackaged Viking Raiders came down and kicked the shit out of the New Day. Um, I'm so happy that they seem to be back to the Viking Raiders of old a little bit. The worst thing you can do in this company is show Vince McMahon you're funny. You will never be anything other than a joke if you do that. Um, but I was very glad to see that hopefully they're going to have a more serious presentation than like them playing sports or whatever the hell they were doing. They're a great tag team. They deserve to be featured. Um, I would, I'm much more interested in a program with them versus the New Day versus Jinder and Shanky. Are you excited, as excited as you can be about WWE tag team wrestling? Are you excited to see the Viking Raiders presented in a new way that is kind of closer to the old way? So I love the Viking Raiders. I've, I've been a super fan of them as well. 
and maybe something fresh will come out of this, which I really do hope so. But what I don't want to see is uh, someone say, okay, I'm over this. Let's put them back to running after someone with a 24-7 title like they were before. Like, I don't want to, like, they just got to let them be monsters. Let them go out there and kill everyone. Well, not like that, but, you know, <laughs> just to, just destroy every team along the way because they have that. They have the it factor. And you can tell the crowd is behind them, man. Like yeah, the crowd, the crowd love them, um, still do. And yes, I feel like perhaps and Kate, we, we went through this before where we it's like an, a bad relationship that you always think something's going to change and it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think I'm falling back into the top of the cycle again with them. Like I'm here again. <laughs> right. And eventually I'm going to go, Wee! you know? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, it's tough to get excited because it feels like. This does always get either 50-50 to death or, um, you know, just rematches or they switch gears or whatever. But I think what I saw tonight is encouraging and I'm excited about that piece of it. So that is good. Um, we also move on to something that at least piqued my attention for a little bit. Um, Sonia and Adam Pierce are backstage. And Sonia is talking some shit, Alex, and I was here for it. She raised some really good points about um, people getting title shots ahead of her that maybe necessarily don't have her caliber or, um, you know, haven't been there as long, just came up from NXT like Raquel. Um, so I really liked this segment. She even said, uh, have you not seen what people are saying about the women's division, which it just felt nice to be heard for once. <laughs> So I really enjoyed that. I feel like Sonya has been great um, since she's returned. I felt like she was great before it, but we've gotten to see her as a heel really sink her teeth into something new. So I will take it. Um, and Adam Pierce says, well, you made your complaints. You have a handicap match right now with Raquel Gonzalez and Lacey Evans. Um, half of that I was excited for. And Sonya comes out with Shane Baszler which definitely intrigued me, and Zia Lee, which also intrigued me, kind of. Zia Lee had, like, weeks of vignettes about um, how she was the protector and this really cool story in them um, that played out over several weeks, and then she had one match, and then she turned heel, and she was protecting nobody but herself. But it seems now that she's protecting Sonya. Um, that trajectory sucks. However... Her being in a stable with Shayna Baszler and Sonia does not suck to me. I think the three of them could do some really cool work, especially with Ronda Rousey being champion. Two of them have an MMA background. Um, and if you told me that Zia Lee does, I wouldn't be surprised based on her style. I just don't know that for a fact. But the way she strikes and the I'm, the her hard-hitting style feels in the same vein. So that definitely doesn't upset me at all. Um this match was medium. I thought Sonya looked awesome. Uh, she kneed Lacey in the face big time, which was great. Eventually and unsurprisingly, Lacey wins with the women's right, which irony today. Uh, but, um, and then we have a post-match beatdown. I felt like some of this match was really good. Lacey uh, is not my favorite in the ring. I, I don't find... Um, her to be particularly fluid or strong executionally with her moveset, but um, they clearly are pushing her 
So I wasn't surprised by the ending of this. What do you think of everything that I just said? Here's my question. <laughs> Here's my question to you. Uh, and you put it beautifully, by the way. It's like poetic. Um, how do you feel about them always packaging women together the way they do with trios? It's 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 uh, how do you personally like why can't they just find ways to push the women? And I understand sometimes you need that, you know, so that they can they can grow out on their own but i i don't know like i when i saw three of them come out i'm like oh, okay you know like maybe the maybe this is going to be a good thing and work right but i felt like ugh, give me give me these women in a strong independent match but I, i they're always packaging them together maybe for tv time purposes i don't know but what how did you feel about that so of recent i prefer that because it means more women are getting on my tv yes, at least correct right Do I feel like Shayna Baszler is her is her ceiling far higher than being somebody's muscle all the time? Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. I really do. But I could see a really cool program if they work it right with Ronda Rousey and all three of these women. Like yeah. that could be really really cool. There's obviously a story there with Shayna. There's a great story there with Sonya and you could create a really strong story there with Zaya. So if they do it that way, that rules. I don't mean It needs to be beatdowns with all three of them every single time. But if she faces everyone in this mini stable, that would be really cool. I feel like AEW surprise or not surprisingly, but like could benefit from more stables with the women. And I feel like WWE could maybe do a little bit less of that. But the way the women's division has been treated with these like three minute matches so often, I'm more encouraged to see stables like that because it means more screen time for more women. And if they told the stories in a better way, I'd be more enthused about it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I was kind of just like when I was watching the match, I was just kind of like weighing my options. I was like, do I really want to see, you know, all of them in the ring like this and nobody breaking out on their own? But no, you're right. I, I feel like sometimes they do they do this way more often than not. But I feel like Sonya could really like blossom here, like come out as the leader on top. You know what I'm saying? And she deserves her her own you yeah. know what i'm saying like she's been here long enough and she's she's a ring general she'll get in there she'll get punched in the mouth and still you know finish a match <laughs> um and you mentioned something about someone having the the women's championship from smackdown i don't know who that person is uh you know they need a real they need Rhonda. they need yeah is that who it is <laughs> it okay. is okay it cool because because <laughs> I, i feel like maybe they need to kind of like um push not saying that that uh sonia is is younger but she she is right she's still sort of new uh in a sense but let's build her up yeah i think she's awesome and i think that she would do incredible work i mean they give it to carmella why can't they do the same thing with her yeah and i think sonia she's always been to me I've always been impressed by her in the ring, but while she rightfully was not comfortable getting in the ring for a while, what she did backstage, I thought um, how she executed what they asked her to do for the most part, I thought was really, really strong. I liked the storytelling until they beat it to death with Naomi. Um, I thought that was great up until they rang it dry. So I'm with you. I'm with you on that. Sonia is a star if they want to uh if they want to move forward with it it's obviously Maybe. right there we got some Light super ch chats coming in that i'm gonna acknowledge real fast acknowledge like your tribal chief 
Uh, <laughs> the nerd guru saying, also, Becky Lynch, in my eyes, has been the MVP woman in the company, let alone on Raw. Her character and storytelling, she's telling such great stuff. Becky has, ha she has to be in the ladder match. I think probably a second chance Fatal 4-Way or something. Um, that is entirely possible. Lord knows they like to swap out those spots as much as they did Survivor Series this past time around. If it's her story to either win the briefcase and miss it or lose in the ladder match, and she's just the best hand they got. So they should, she should probably be in it. I don't necessarily disagree with anything you've said. I just don't think they need her near a title until she probably dethrones Ronda would be my guess. Um, so I agree with you. I, I think she's definitely the the key storyteller that they have right now. I feel like all of the stories that she's told since they've been back that she's had an honest chance to tell when she adjusted to the heel persona, like what she did with Bianca and the storytelling front, I thought was just incredible. Their match at Mania was wonderful. Um, she, she is one of the most balanced wrestlers. And I think that's where she stands out a little bit among the hor four horsewomen. And I would say Bailey's this way too where like Charlotte, I think is probably the best technical in-ring wrestler they have. Sasha is probably the most charismatic and phenomenal in the ring as well. But like, as far as like what you ask a pro wrestler to do, putting people over, executing in the ring, storytelling, like from all the facets of what it takes to be a great pro wrestler, I think Becky and Bailey really, really, really stake that down in the women's division. And for the love of God, get Bailey back on my television if she's back. Yeah, man, it's, it's, <laughs> I was just thinking about that. It's been a while. It eventually is going to be a big pop when she gets back. So, yes, big time. We got Mike Lima chiming in saying to think that Shinsuke used to be as over as Okada. Man, when he and Asuka won their respective Rumbles, I was like, this is a really cool mo moment for Japanese wrestling. And then they just booted it ever since. Um, the worst part with Shinsuke, in my opinion, is they basically lined up two title shots for him that they then just took away. So um, I I don't get it. He's still one of the best wrestlers in the world. But you know what? He's going to wrestle and surf and live his life. So good for him. <laughs> We've got James Barras chiming in saying... I was watching SmackDown six era matches and uh, Shinsuke versus AJ yesterday. And my God, what has happened? Everything has gone wrong. Um, yeah, you're talking about two legends that just feel like guys. Uh, AJ Styles just feeling like a guy is so wrong to me. And same with Shinsuke. But like AJ Styles, the way he came in. I think that that tag run with Omos really, really hurt him. And he hasn't quite recovered fully since. Um, but he's the best. We got Matthew Minus, the heel of what we do. The heel super chatter who continues to give us his money. So he can say, he can say stuff. He said, Kate would crush WWE because she ain't funny at all. Thanks for your money. I'm hilarious. I'm pretty and I'm funny and I'm smart. What are you going to do about it? Send us more money? And then he also said, bad relationship, me and Sour Graph Society. Yeah, so why don't you sour your way out of here, buddy? We'll see you on Fightful Select later. Jake Salazar, <laughs> just cut the show now. We already talked about all the wrestling tonight. Ouch, people are not into SmackDown. Nurgu were also saying that Becky does not have a title and is about 100 times more compelling than Ronda. And that's a problem, but also shows how great Becky is. I half agree with you. Um, Part of why I love Eddie Kingston 
um, is part of why I feel like he'll never have a really long title reign. Some people don't need the belt to make things feel important. And sometimes it makes sense to give the belt to someone who does need it to feel important. I don't think Ronda's doing a great job with it right now. Um, I think she's stellar in the ring and that's undeniable. But like some people are so good at making things feel important that the belt isn't necessary. Um, Becky's one of them. She does amazing things when she has the belt. I'll say that. Like it feels incredibly important. Um, but some people just kind of graduate past that and you you don't need to strap them up. That's a, that's 100% how I feel about Eddie. Like he's going to make me feel like everything's important. Why waste the pelt on him? He's already the thing I want to see most on the show half the time. Uh, Derek Gordon chiming in saying, Sonia says, do you hear what they're saying about the women's division? Then proceeds to go out there and have a three-minute match. WTF. Yeah. Um, that's a problem. Pretty much all the women's matches. Same with Shotzi and Tamina later. That was a three-minute match. Um, there's a difference between hearing what people are saying about the women's division and being able to change and do something about it, unfortunately. And, and if you don't mind me saying this real quick, I know, you know, I don't want to take too much of your time here, no. but when, That's why I when brought you on. Oh, yeah, okay. I'm taking your time. <laughs> <laughs> it's mine now, everyone. No, I'm just kidding. So they're having these three minute matches, right? I feel like they're they're not what what do you think is 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 the change? Because I feel like SmackDown, who was which to me was the A show, has completely fallen flat. Um Fox is livid about the money that they're putting into the show so, and, yeah. and how sh shitty, if you don't mind me saying it it is. Tribal Chief taking a new contract and saying I'm only working two pay-per-views a year and a handful of shows, you know, because um, I want to go be an actor. You know, there's a lot of play, a lot of stuff happening. No new stars really being built like or pushed. Perhaps uh, Theory is the only one. I there's th something has to change. What do you think needs to change for for SmackDown to turn it up? Oh man, a lot. They have to fix the pacing of the shows so that people aren't standing in the ring for 20 minutes waiting for their opponent to come out. That's a huge one. They need to fix the women's booking a million percent. Uh, they merged the titles and put it on a guy who's not going to be around. That's the biggest mistake they could have made. And they were relying on Cody to fix that. And Cody's injured. So now what the hell do you do? And they need to make new stars. I think that goes without saying. Um, and they need to, gosh, there's a laundry list. Making your mid-card titles feel important and splitting your titles back out are probably the ways to start or having your champion being around and working both programs. But yeah, like, I, if you're I talking fundamental wrestling, make your titles feel important and have them on the show and on your pay-per-views. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, I think I think that Fox necessarily is not upset with ratings, right? Because obviously it's, a, it's on free TV, which means every bar in America and, and whatever is going to be able to just turn it on and have it on, whether it's on because you were watching the show before it or it's on because you want to watch it. Right. So you're going to get consistent numbers coming through, through to it. But in, in the deep down behind the scenes, there's stuff going on. And I believe that they should dedicate more time for the women on SmackDown, you know, and that sounds weird because we have three hours on raw, but mm -hmm. SmackDown has had some great, you know, women in there and it's just it seems like it's just everything's dwindled down i don't know yeah Sorry. And they, i'm just ranting no, you're good um you know raquel's the only one that got called up and featured i think that's a big part of it shotzi got buried away Aaliyah's barely around i think she's injured now um 
you know, Tegan was called up and then released. Like there, there's, it's been a mess. It's been really, really messy. If I'm Fox, the thing that I'm annoyed at is I'm paying so much money and they're clearly merging rosters. So why am I paying so much more for an hour or less of the same show that's happening Mondays, kind of like with the same players, right? Um, you know, they clearly wanted Charlotte Flair to be featured and now, you know, she went off and got married and awesome for her. But this is why we keep bringing Brock back. Do you think so. Sasha knew something? Do you think Sasha knows something? Do you think do you think that behind the scenes, I mean, this is this was a big mess. Obviously, she strained it out herself with her with her <laughs> very expensive lawyers. But um I feel like she she saw something because let me tell you something. When I think of WWE women in in the current generation, I always thought Becky, Sasha, you know, mm-hmm. Charlotte, so on and so on. There's a nice little list there. But you th- Sasha was a staple. She was a staple of everything for the since like 2012. In my opinion, she's the second biggest, arguably the biggest star that they had in the company, along with Roman Reigns. The most crossover appeal, one of the most charismatic um, representative of different communities. Um, always selfless in her work. You saw her crying when she knew she made a star out of Bianca losing at Mania. She lost at Mania a ton of times. Uh, I, I don't know how you let the second biggest star in your company you're trying to sell to disney and the person in the star wars franchise you let walk out the door they're 100 going that way we everyone here in the chat knows this I yeah i think that, i think that, that's that's yeah. kind of the most yeah probably the most understood uh <laughs> now there's just a header in the super chat document that says eddie and that just makes me happy because tom valley says eddie doesn't need the belt but it needs eddie Eddie will 100% at some point be the perfect transitional champion because he can have a six-week reign and people will go nuts for it and it'll feel awesome and important and him losing it isn't going to harm Eddie one bit. I think he's he's the guy to protect a couple people. If you if you want to go from one to the other and you need a guy in, to sandwich it, that's your talk, talk about merch and that AEW uh, action figure when it comes out with him holding the belt and a I, can of gas. I will, and a, a can of gasoline in one hand and the belt over the shoulder oh, all day, all day. So we'll move along to this Natalia promo, which I am slightly mixed about. Uh, Nerd Guru chiming in immediately saying, who could possibly care about this Rhonda and Natty stuff? Like I forgot when she was even championed. So did Alex. He forgot that she was champion too. She's not <laughs> been doing anything of note since coming back. I mean, granted, SmackDown sucks overall. So what if she gets pops? Um, you know, WWE crowds pop for Vince. Well, uh, this was originally reported on Fightful Select. So if you guys want to go over there and subscribe and you want to be in the know about all of the plans for SmackDown and Raw all the time. Um, but yeah. Like, I think the match is going to be really good if it's more than a rerun of their first match, which is what I'm hoping for. Um, I didn't hate it. I saw her pushing the stroller and I was like, my God, please don't give us another Snitsky moment. Don't need that. Um, I liked her saying that because of her, that Rhonda was the saddest woman on the planet. That kind of popped me. I didn't love Rhonda shaming natalia for getting plastic surgery that was kind of weird uh but 
I will say Rhonda did sound a little bit more natural in this promo after that, which was good. Um, this still has not grabbed me in any way, this program. Um, I find it very weird that she was plastic surgery shaming Natty when she's a face. Like, that just was kind of odd. Um, fighting over the stroller I thought was really stupid. But especially when it was empty. Uh, using a stroller to block a punch is just a weird thing. This isn't for me. I hope that the match is good. Charlotte and Ronda, the build wasn't for me. I thought the match at Mania was really good. I don't think it held a candle to Bianca and Becky because the story there was so strong. Um, but I d I've just felt like Ronda should be paired with Paul Heyman from the get. So, any thoughts on your end? I feel like I need, I, I wish I could be that meme where Homer's hiding in the bush. You know, he's just backing <laughs> into just the bush and disappears. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I wish I was I doing right it. now. So, um, <laughs> So Natalia, who is our the new great moolah of WWE, she'll be around until <laughs> she's 98, getting power bombed by Wardlow <laughs> when he joins WWE. But yeah, so um, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to think because um, this could be a great match to be completely honest, if they play their cards right. Which I feel like Ronda, when she really wants to get down and she's working with someone she likes, the match is going to be really good, you know. Yeah. But other than that, I don't, uh, yeah. These two in the ring, like, I, I can't imagine yeah. it being a, it definitely won't be a bad match. It won't be a dud. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and another little take I see here is every, since we started talking about Smagnon, you've started with, I'm a little confused. That's what it, that's what you started. <laughs> Guys, replay this again later on. And oh, you'll, no. you'll see, it's just a laundry list of, I'm a little confused. Well, because I don't every want to constantly be crapping on things, but I can't I say that right, it's yeah. not confusing. It's like the booking is, I'm confused why they would make these creative decisions. Like, I don't know what to who's, tell you. Who's running? Some, do you know? Well, you know, you're, if you're on Fightful Select, which I'm sure everyone is, like oh, myself, yeah. you would know that uh, for $5, you can find out who's running the show over a SmackDown. Like, because Mr. Bruce Pritchard is now like the head of everything, right? He's Didn't the head he, like, of talent the, relations. Of and... talent relations, yeah. So he's gone. He's no longer messing with with the shows, or well, Vince is still in charge of creative, even yeah, though he stepped away from. So yeah, you know what? I wish I could escape from it, but I can't escape from it. But you know what? You can do. You can manscape from it. Sean Ross Sapp is here to tell you all about the wonderful benefits of manscaped. Surely you didn't think that just because I'm not physically on this show that we would shave off our ad reads, right? Oh, no. Oh, no. Because we're busy shaving something else off, my friends. Make sure you have those manicured nuts with Manscaped. Get 20% off plus free shipping if you use the code FIGHTFUL at manscaped.com. Oh, man. You don't want to look like you've gone through a main event match with your nutsack when you're trying to care for them. And Manscaped makes sure that you don't with that perfect package 4.0. The hygiene bundle includes a lawnmower 4.0, weed whacker, boxers, travel kit, and liquid formulations. That lawnmower 4.0 is waterproof with advanced skin safe technology to reduce nicks and cuts and even has a light to help you with your close shave. The Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer makes sure you whack those nasty weeds in your delicate holes. And it also has proprietary skin-safe technology. But even beyond that, you get the boxers. 
You get the travel bag. They've got a foot duster. They've got a crop reviver. It's a ball toner of all things. Plus the crop preserver to prevent chafing. Manscaped.com. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code FIGHTFUL. Manscaped.com. So one fun thing for you guys to know about Sean is if I text him something like, I'm so glad I work for you. He always says, I work with you. And then I remind him that he's a part owner of Fightful now. But I appreciate his approach towards thing. I never thought I would work with someone who I regularly hear say manicured nutsack. Never thought that would happen. But here we are. Work with them. Work for them. I just ordered mine for 20% off. There you go. See? Be like this guy. Be a baddie. <laughs> be don't be like Smart Mark Sterling. We don't know if he has a manicured nutsack or not. Be a baddie. Where's the Manicured nutsack. <laughs> Guys, get in your super chats. Get in your humper chats. We are flying through the rest of SmackDown right now. Um, we had a little backstage with the Street Profits. Um, they're just kind of chiming in checking in with anybody we see drew gulak of course working out and they eventually stop at madcap moss uh dawkins tells them a terrible joke and it's just completely no sold by both madcap and montez ford who is jacked to the gills i don't know what his weight routine is right now but dear lord um that was fun i appreciate that madcap is like that's not my life anymore <laughs> so that actually kind of popped me We'll see the Street Profits later um, on commentary, which is fun. But the IC title match, the rematch, of course a rematch. Why wouldn't it be a rematch for an IC title? I'm um, confused. I'm just a little confused about why we're running this back. I'm not confused why we're running this back because these two have great chemistry. The only thing I'm confused about is why this only gets like six minutes. It's so annoying, but... Love watching the two of them in the ring. I wish this had been on pay-per-view. I wish this had been 20 minutes long. Um, Gunther and Ricochet, 20 minutes is long. Like a 14-minute match between the two of them. That's kind of a sprint, I think, would have been really, really fun. We see a really nice double drop kick from Gunther in here and like a power bomb immediately later. Like For the size this guy is, him just doing what he does is incredible to me. I don't even know how much longer I can say the size he is because he is like lean as hell since debuting on the main roster. We also, of course, got the intro from Ludwig Kaiser, um, who wears no pants all the time, even when he's not wrestling to do these intros. Um, but I thought this match was a ton of fun. I just wish it was longer and more prominently featured. No booking surprise here. Gunther wins. Um, what were your thoughts on this sprint of a match? They they understood the assignment, hard hitting. Uh, they just work so well with each other. And you're right. Maybe these short matches like this are going to lead to something longer and better. You know, like they're testing the waters like they always do, right? Um, Gunther is insane, bro. Yeah. I mean, like <laughs> you talk about putting a championship on somebody. He is he's doing both, making the championship and and the uh and, yes. and himself as as he as he goes along because he's so damn good he really is that's a good point that like the ic title has felt more important since now, it's been with yeah. him which has been a and short ricochet time, ricochet still. sells so well 
does. And he he will put Gunther over with everything that Gunther does that, you know, this this is why it's working. Yeah, I think he has been one of the best calls from NXT in a really, really long time. Everything is translating here. This keeps rolling along. I really, really like it. I'm excited for what's next for Gunther because I think he's going to have a, a nice long reign here. But we move along to Shotzi defeating Tamina. I don't have a single note about this because it was like two minutes long. I'm glad Shotzi won. There was nothing particularly great or um, particularly not so great to criticize here, but Shotzi moves on. This was a Money in the Bank qualifying match, so Shotzi's going to be in that match, which will be really fun. She does a lot of crazy shit, so that'll be a blast. Do you have anything to say on this incredibly long match? (laughs) (laughs) I was was about to say I'm a little confused by the length of this match. (laughs) But um, no, I think Shotzi, Shotzi, they need to start really priming her to be the next big thing on SmackDown. You know, now that we've pushed along some people that are no longer going to be with the company, um, really start putting her out there and, and emphasizing more time on her. And Tamina, Tamina's being a good sport. You know, now she knows she's at the very, very last end of her career here. And I loved her. I loved her since day one. And I still do. I think she's one of my all time favorites uh, with the company. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know what it is. I just feel like if she were to like, if I were to piss her off, she'd probably punch me in my mouth and <laughs> break my teeth. Sure. And I like that type of women, right? Like, like, uh, it's just over the top strong and that's who she is. And yeah, so no, I think this rant was longer than their match. I think you're right. I think you're right about that. I'll be honest. Tamina was never like my favorite in the ring, but from what I've heard, she's like, very loved backstage. She's always putting in the work. So uh, Shotzi went over here. This was originally supposed to be Shotzi and Aaliyah. There was a story building there, I think. And I'm not sure, but I think they mentioned on commentary that Aaliyah might be injured. So I think that's what the change was caused by. Um, But yeah, right woman moves on, I think. We also get a Pat McAfee promo from when he was shouting on his desk, um, (laughs) which always popped me. They have him calling out bum ass Corbin and it looks like there's going to be a match there at SummerSlam. Not the best promo in the world from him. I think we've seen him do better work than this, but I am very much looking forward to that match. Nothing bad here. Just nothing that I found super compelling. And I feel like I saw this coming a mile away. So that probably um, took the wind out of my sails on it a little bit, but what do you think of this being a SummerSlam match? I think that's really fun. And what did you think of this promo? It's going to be a safe match for him, something to keep, you know, keep him uh, getting better in the ring and showing off his skills. Right. He, he's living out his dream. So let him let him continue. And Corbin's going to be safe with him in the ring. I just think it's just that it's a safe match. You know, just put him in there with him and let him beat the crap out of each other. I agree with you. I agree with you guys. We are coming down the home stretch. We are riding into the main event of SmackDown. Reminder to get your last Super Chats and Humper Chats in if you have anything that you want to talk about on the SmackDown on AEW Rampage. Uh, we also remind you to leave a thumbs up on this video if you could. Helps people find us in the algorithms. We always appreciate that. And also to stay tuned to Fightful Select for what's coming up. More news, I'm sure, coming out of Forbidden Door. Oh my gosh, so many things happening in the world of wrestling. So we opened the show with a promo with Drew and Sheamus, who basically were like, 
um, no, I rule. I should be in the money in the bank bet. And then Seamus was like, nah, I should be because I rule. Um, and we're, I guess at this point, I take it back. They were both in it, right? So basically, I rule and I'm going to win the championship. And then Seamus was like, no, you don't even, you can't even money in the bank, bro. Have you seen your history? I'm going to win. Um, and Paul Heyman comes out and interrupts. And he says, well, uh, you know, nobody's going to beat the tribal chief. The money in the bank situation does make him vulnerable um, when somebody's walking around with that money in the bank briefcase. And sounds like he uh, is a little intimidated by both Drew and Seamus. And so he uses his influence to go above Adam Pierce and say, uh, take these guys out of the match. But if they beat the Usos later, they can be in it. So to clarify, the trajectory for them has been they had a qualifying match with no definitive ending. And then they thought neither of them advanced. But then Adam Pierce told them they were both in it. And then here, Adam Pierce takes them out again, but they have a chance to be back in it if they defeat the Usos in the main event. Um, that is a really, really dumb trajectory. I'll just say that. That's really stupid. Um, I hate that. And they go over in this match. So they end up back where they started with both of them being in it anyway. So that just felt like a lot of U-turns to get back to exactly where we started. Um, the match was fine. We had the Street Profits at ringside, which was good. Uh, I popped on commentary when I think it was Michael Cole asked Montez Ford um, what was in his cup. And he just goes, everything. <laughs> so... Match was good enough. I thought Drew attacking Butch was stupid. I think he's a smarter wrestler than that. He should be focused on the match. Butch wasn't out there to attack him. Butch should be treated like a fly getting swatted out of the air to him. Um, our moderator, Luis, also pointing out that the tag champs lost the tag match, which is stupid. Uh, <laughs> so that is silly. Um, match was fine. It's always going to be fine. I feel like a program between the Street Profits and the Usos is more compelling. They are the number one contender. Uh, so that was our, our main event to close it out. We also want to thank our friends at Love Wrestling for their Twitch raid. I forgot to promote Twitch all night. Darn it. We are on Twitch. You can chat us by donating bits. I'm so silly for forgetting to remember to mention that. Um, I need to work that into my rotation of things to promote, but Match was good. Drew being able to do anything flipping into the air onto off the apron um, onto the Usos is just insane to me. Um, his Claymore always looks great. Sheamus always looks great. They're obviously familiar with each other. They've had matches against each other like over 50 times. So um, they were going to work well together. We do see some shenanigans coming in. We see Sami Zayn coming in at the end here. We see the Street Profits being distracting on commentary. We see Butch coming down. We see Ridge Holland trying to keep Butch from interfering. Lots of distractions here, I guess, to protect the Usos. But uh, I don't know. I thought the match was good. The interference didn't quite do it for me. Obviously, it looks like, um, you know, it, it it was creative enough at least to get Sheamus and Drew back in the, the Money in the Bank match. But that's where we started, Alex. Um, Remember that circle that i was drawing earlier <laughs> yeah. earlier today i was here but then we yeah man i feel like so this whole drew thing uh, remember when when claudio and sheamus had the best of seven 
and they fought 600 other times. Yes. And then they ended up being tag team partners. And I, I just, it's like history repeating itself with these two now, you know, like, I, I don't know. I think, I think that Drew's incredible. He's a little bit on the uh, corny side for me. Like he's <laughs> made fair. for, he's made for kids. I love his physicality, but just don't open your mouth. Um, and that's about it when it comes to this. I, I'm, I am intrigued though with who's going to take this money in the bag briefcase. Yeah, you know, I'm worried now it's Brock. Um, I I guess not because he has the SummerSlam match, but I don't know. I feel like they, they threw him in that fatal five-way for no reason when he won the title, right? Like, he could very easily work his way in there again. Um, Drew would be a safe bet because they have Clash at the Castle anyway. Um, you know, I thought for sure it was going to be Cody. Front runner to me is probably Seth because there's a lot of there's so much story there with him and Roman. He could lose the briefcase to Cody when Cody comes back. Like there's a lot of storytelling there, and he's such a safe bet in a time where they need some stability. My heart wants it to be Kevin Owens real, real bad because he's just my my dude. He's my favorite. Um, but it was also fun to have Sami Zayn here for a second too, because he was like, I would never challenge. Roman Reigns that would be ridiculous so some fun stuff but uh you know all to end up where we kind of started I want to thank you guys for that twist stream if all of you who joined us would hit like that would make my night because it helps people find us and we super super appreciate it guys that was our main event and um I feel like we got our twitch raid a little late but we do have Mark Quilchevian saying just want to wish you all a good weekend Remember to take care of yourselves and each other. I love you all. Bless everyone. Enjoy Forbidden Door. Good night and good steak. I'll take both of those things. Thank you very much. Alex, any closing thoughts heading into Forbidden Door? Any surprises? You think the, the big name is going to be Claudio showing up? Do you yeah. think that there's anything else that we should be keeping an eye out for? Uh, yeah, no. I mean, obviously, just either Claudio or, or if, if it's Gargano, God, that would be even even crazier right because he's also been a little bit on the you know just chilling on twitch and being a dad so yeah just if you guys are gonna go watch it man i hope you guys are, are ready for it. who's doing the uh, after show um well thank you for setting up that segue but on the main channel the channel that you're writing that you're watching right now it's going to be sean ross app and i believe jeff hawkins who's crap game on twitter um i will be with alex Pulaski doing the Paywall pay-per-view post-show, um, which should be super, super fun. We always talk about NXT, which is not a product we particularly love. We're also going to be talking about SmackDown after this on Fightful Select. Um, so to get to talk about AEW, which is a product that we're both a little bit more enthusiastic about, always a blast to be able to, to give glowing reports. And I, I think this pay-per-view is going to be a lot of fun. I'm also looking forward to Tony Storm and Thunder Rosa. Like that's oh kind of... God flown under the radar here because it's not new japan proper as new japan runs women's promotions separately from this particular product but i think that match is going to be great tony storm of course with a, a huge joshi background and super well known so i think that's going to be so much fun um who do you think is going to win the new title who do you think's gonna oh, be your damn you yeah. know i i have no idea this Me is either. one of those matches like the money in the bank i'm kind of excited for because there, you know, you could pick your favorite and kind of think that you know who's gonna win, but this is this is kind of you know new and fresh 
for yes. you know having all uh, a mix here of the both companies you know and just seeing what what they're gonna pull off but yeah i i just i don't know i don't know i'm excited are you buying it i hope so because everyone here should be watching it if you're a big wrestling fan support oh, yeah. all types of wrestling man because i'm doing a post show i also get to invoice it so i'm definitely buying it well, but... <laughs> and, and you know what else i said that up for you before perfectly man i think i'm i'm made out for this stuff if you i ever know need me, you're Kate, you know, me up you know, let's go <laughs> i know and you know if you wanted to explore other apps, you could use NordVPN and, I don't know, put yourself in a country where Fight TV might be. But, you know, who knows? Do what you got to do. But, guys, we're going to wrap it up for tonight. Alex, thank you so much for joining us. It's always fun having you set in when Sean couldn't be here. He's got to buy that evening dress for round two of Baddie Search. You know, we're so proud of him here at Fight Floor for moving on in the Baddie Search to the next round. But that's what I'm going to do whenever he shows up or can't show up for something, I'm going to start making up fun backstories like that. But um, thank you so much for joining us. Tell the people where we can find you. Yeah, sure. So you could just uh, just go to Instagram and put Alexis Cardoza together. Not not smart Mark Batty Alex. That doesn't work. <laughs> that doesn't... <laughs> Though after tonight, you might see a name change. But yeah, just Alexis Cardoza on Instagram, and that will lead you to all of my other social networks. And I want to thank you, Kate, for allowing me to come on here tonight. I know we talk back and forth all week long. We're always talking wrestling and, and a plethora of other stuff. But uh, I, I really do enjoy being here with you, all of the uh, Fightful fans and friends that are on the chat. And uh, big thanks to all of my people who came over from my last oh, stream that are you. here as well, uh, supporting the good fight here. Absolutely. And, of course, check out Wrestling with Freddie if you want to plug that too. I mean. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> Wrestling with <laughs> Freddy, uh, season two will begin in uh, uh, July 27th. So, yes, season two of uh, Wrestling with Freddy. Um, all new, an all new change to the game because we're not telling stories about him in wrestling with his friends. We're actually going to move forward and uh, now talk about the current state of wrestling and everything that's happening right now, along with some great interviews with people like Tony Khan and other WWE personnel very cool thank you for our twitch raids that we got today as well thank you guys so much for joining us have a safe and wonderful weekend you can catch me doing sour graps on fightful select with alex Pulaski after this also doing the forbidden door post show on the behind the paywall um you can catch me every tuesday with alex Pulaski doing the nxt sour graps post show review Wednesdays at the Mark Order Pod and Fridays here. Whether Sean is or isn't here, he's on like the old Brock Lesnar deal where you just stop by on occasion. Very thankful to Alex for filling in. Have a safe and wonderful weekend. Good night and good wrestling.